Welcome to No Applause, Just the Clap. I'm Doug, with me is Deb, and let's just get through this monstrosity. It can't be worse than, you know, the mumbling recording of us trying to get through every track of my birthday mix. No, mumbling or rambling? A little of both. Yeah, it was a little of both. It was rumbling. And that's an actual word, isn't it? I'm sorry, I started hearing West Side Story in my head. Dude, I got a rock in my pocket. Bust cool. I was more thinking of them going to the rumble and dance fighting. <laughs> you need two years of ballet to join this gang. <laughs> got a rock in my pocket. Bust cool. If you got a bust, bust cool. Just be cool, boy. Stay gold pony, boy? I was about to start singing from Rent, so let's just keep moving on. No, 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 let's, 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 let's hear you sing. No, 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 because no, I only know the words like that one, I only know the opening to that one song where it's like, hot, hot, heat, sex, ooh. Then I You're get, right, let's move on. And then at the end, like, the condom breaks in the song? Okay, like, so is the song wearing a condom? Let's, let's take it in a completely different direction. Or you could do the Team America thing where it's like, and everyone's got AIDS. So let's talk about the Fisher King. <laughs> Let's go to something upbeat. Um, we'll talk about the last two movies in my Robin Williams retrospective. Um, rewatched Fisher King, one of my favorite Terry Gilliam movies. Um, I, I mean, I love the movie. Yeah. Um, but a, you see the beginning of the dude. You really do. You actually do. You in see that, the, the origins of the dude. Um. Two, I'm wondering where the hell Mercedes Rule fucked off to. Also a terrible day. Um, and then, uh, once again, Robin Williams being in a, in a serious movie, playing, I mean, he was funny in it, but he wasn't supposed to be. And Amanda Plummer's in it, who I don't really get. Um, she's a Robin Williams love interest. She was the killer sister in, um... So I Married an Ex-Murderer. She was uh, Honey Bunny in uh, Pulp Fiction. She I don't get her. She just reminds me of, like, you know, a shittier version of Joan Cusack. Is there a shittier version of Joan Cusack? Yeah, it's Amanda Plummer. No, I think Joan Cusack is at the bottom of that Joan Cusack barrel. I don't like Joan Cusack. I get Amanda Plummer I, I just because I've known girls that are like that. And by the way, the only movie I don't, I think I only am okay with Joan Cusack in is uh, Gross Point Blank. I think it's the only movie that I'm okay with her in. High Fidelity? Nope. I love her in High Fidelity. Dude, She plays he, like the every girl, for, I was say the every girl's friend. But it's, friend isn't it his sister? Yeah. That's trying not A to. A little on the nose. But it's like one of those, the every girl who's trying to stay friends with both, you know, people in the couple that have broken up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which means that Trogdor, knock it off. I was going to say, which means that she's told her one of three things. Yeah. One, I just borrowed a large sum of money before we broke up. Two, she's had an abortion. And three, I maybe sort of kind of told she, her I was looking around, which directly influenced her decision to have an abortion. Yeah. Which I love high fidelity. But John Cusack's not dead yet, so we'll talk about it later. Any more thoughts on the Fisher King? Um, yeah, weirdly enough, I had a friend that goes, oh, but... You didn't watch Baron uh, Baron uh, Baron Munchausen, Munchausen. Yeah. which 
A is not a Robin Williams movie, though he is in it. He's the King of the Moon. But it's he's, it's not a Robin Williams movie. And two, Fisher King actually fills in the Terry Gilliam requirement. <laughs> like, I, I met the requirements I needed to, to hit. Uh, Robin Williams movie. There was a checklist you had to go through. Uh, not necessarily, but I mean, if I can squeeze in a Gilliam movie, I always will. Um, I look forward. I don't look forward to Bruce Willis dying by any means. Um, no. <laughs> Maybe I was quick to say that after Die Hard Five, but um, but I look God, there's a lot of Die Hard Five talk this week, and I don't like it. Yeah, excuse me. Good day to Die Hard. Um, Something. Like that. But I look forward to watching Twelve Monkeys when that happens. So you don't need an excuse to watch Twelve Monkeys. Just watch Twelve Monkeys. It's well, it's part. Was it parts? God, Brad Pitt and Twelve Monkeys is so fucking good. No, no, no. Hold on. Uh, it's the Stoner trilogy. Which part is? Uh, is it starts with the usual suspects, goes into seven, and then yeah, twelve monkeys is the third. I was gonna third. say seven. Well, seven's the middle part of the yeah, Stoner exactly. trilogy. We've talked about the Stoner trilogy, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I, Fisher King once again. I, once again, with Terry Gilliam, it was one of the most expensive movies made at the time, and all that budget was basically made, was making the, the Red Knight. Um, but I loved it. I mean, I it, it had been a long time since I'd watched it. Um, so it was kind of a, a, a wistful nostalgia of like, oh yeah. As for other downer movies that you've watched in your Robin Williams Best? We haven't talked about, well... Actually, Fisher King was the last one, so the one I watched before that... <laughs> yeah, Fisher King was the one that got me out of the funk. Was uh, Dead, Dead Poets Society. Society. Um, oh, Captain My Captain, which is what, you know, uh, trended, uh, and we, uh, uh, you know, jumped on that with uh, with the death. Um, which just makes me think of Community when they're standing on their chairs and the chairs start breaking. Breaking. <laughs> she okay? Um, once again... Weird seeing a young oh, who played Neil. Um, he's on Falling Skies, which we'll talk about later. But uh, or was on his character's dead. Spoilers. Who gives a shit? No one watches it but me. Um, Pretty much. Uh, young Ethan Hawke is in that one. Um, but I just I love that line where he goes, "Call from God." If it had been collect, that'd been funny. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. He just, he chastises them, but eggs them on in the same sentence. I hate the end of that movie, even though it's the right end of that movie. Well, were sense. you just waiting? When he puts on, he puts on the puck's crown, you know? And that, that whole, that whole sequence had Jim Jarmusch pacing, and by that I mean fucking slow. Well, yeah, but it's, it's one of those where... If it happened too fast, it wouldn't have the same impact. I agree. But it's also like you kind of need to see the mental tracks that he's going through for that entire sequence. It's the sequence actually after where the, all the kids are talking about, have you heard Have you heard about Neil? Have you heard about Neil? Have you heard about Neil? And it's like, holy shit. Which is funny because all I can think is, you know, House and Wilson. But anyways. I don't know what that means. Played Wilson on House. Sure. Who? The guy that played Neil? Yes. Okay, I never, I've never seen an episode of House. Really? Really. You probably enjoyed it right too. I've seen the House episode of Scrubs. That's about it. I can't believe you haven't seen... Uh, anyways, it's not important. I read Hugh Laurie's book. One of them. It 
it's not important. Anyways, but like I said, it's like I said, the whole pacing of that is slow because you kind of need to see the mental footsteps he's taking that leads him up to that. Well, and there's literally not a hidden gun. I mean, well, let me rephrase that. Literally, there is. But there isn't. But yeah, like you have to, you have to set up that the dad has the gun and he's and Neil knows where the key is, and and so forth and so on. Yeah. But just that that whole. When the mother's like smoking and can tell she's nervous and she just wants to support her son, but Kurt's, you know, you just know Kurtwood Smith is like five bad seconds away from calling everyone in that room a dumbass. Dumbass. Uh, dumbass. Which, by the way, if you think of that during uh, RoboCop, it totally enhances that movie. Uh, I have, and it does. Mm hmm. I irritated a lot of people yelling that repeatedly at the Esquire. We went to the midnight people movie for. People laugh. Uh. Well, my girlfriend at the time didn't, because she was like, Jesus Christ. That's what the Midnight Show is for. Absolutely. My personal favorite Midnight I ever went to was for the first Matrix, and they have that scene where Trinity, you know, bursts through the window and goes down the stairs and ends up in the oh, place, yeah, yeah, yeah. guns up. Come on, come on, come on. And come somebody on. screams immediately, Trinity's hot! And everybody's like, Wow! No, was, she's not. I don't get fucking what's-her-name. I don't get her appeal. Carrie M. Anyways. Carrie M. Moss? Yes. I don't get her fucking appeal Anyways, but it's just, that was the end of anybody even pretending to watch that movie seriously. And I think the only other time I have seen it worse than that is watching The Labyrinth as the Midnight. And when that, I was going to say, when everybody pretended to, uh, I was going to say, stop pretending to watch that movie seriously is when they do the reveal on David Bowie in the pants and you see his balls. He's got mantle toe. He has huge mammal tail in that movie. It's it's starring David Bowie. And all Bowie. the puppets are at crotch level. Like I said, it's starring David Bowie, David Bowie's balls, and Jennifer Connelly. No, no, David Bowie's codpiece actually gets higher billing than David, David Bowie. Bowie. That's the that's the first uh, billing is David Bowie's codpiece. And then after David Bowie is David Bowie's wig. <laughs> that's not a wig. Slat. Yeah, he borrowed it from Tina Turner. From. What's love got to do with it? From Thunderdome. Scott to do with it? He was one bad moment away from, like, Master Blaster, like, fucking owing him a favor on the wheel. Is that, was that too deep of a reference? Nope. A lot of nerd levels. Rich so and scary. you finally watched Mean Girls this week. And I can't believe you've never watched that before. I haven't. And a lot of, weirdly enough, girls have said, like, oh, I can't believe... It is a I, I need you to explain really something funny. before I before I go into the movie. Hmm. Quit trying to make fetch work, Doug. It's not going to happen. Explain to me the reaction of, oh my god, I can't believe you haven't seen that. Where are you girls coming from? It was just kind of, like, it's almost one of those cultural requirements. It's a gap in your knowledge. And considering that you're very into pretty much seeing anything cinema, especially something written by Tina Fey, which we're going to talk about, that was her first screenwriting gig. Like I said, I'm very surprised you hadn't seen it since it was written by Tina Fey. Like I said, it's it's the gap in your knowledge. It just seems like a weird gap for you to have. But it's definitely a girl movie, which that's probably why I avoided it. I wouldn't say avoided it, but just was completely ambivalent to it. Um, Tell me you didn't enjoy it. I did. I thought it was really funny. Um, do I think it's one of the funniest movies I've ever oh, seen? No, no, no. 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 But I mean, for Tina Fey's first kind of outing, well, I applaud her effort. 
the plot was paint by numbers, which you expect from a first time screenwriter. Let me rephrase that. But it's also movie because I, I watched that I watched most of Lethal Weapon last night, and that's how you do a fucking first screenplay. <laughs> yes, fucking but also Shane Black. Shane Black and his Shane Blackisms. It's every time they rolled up to a fucking mansion, I was like, Palatial you know, mansion, which will be like the one that I will buy, own if buy you buy this, the screen, if you buy yeah, the screenplay. Yeah, it's optioned. Um, I thought it was. I thought Mean Girl. I was almost going to start going off on a little lethal weapon thing. Yeah, Mean um, I thought it was funny. the The plot was a bit paint by numbers. The plot is very simple, but um, I mean, it was weird seeing Lizzie Kaplan be like the goth rock girl. That was a weird one. She's not sweet. She's a soul sucking bitch. Yeah. Okay. That that brings me to the language that they used. Because that I guess actually, it was going to be R. It was going to say it was supposed to be actually a much dirtier film. Uh. Well. The, the butter your muffin scene was supposed to be a lot more filthy. Uh. uh popped your cherry, and that when I was half of a virgin when I met him. When oh, that was a good line. When um, when originally when Lindsay Lohan, who we'll talk about in a moment, is still hot in that film. Yeah. Yeah. Before, yeah, before the train wreck, but yeah. Um, Would you like your muffin buttered? But apparently when she sees, uh, was it Rachel McAdams? Yes, Rachel McAdams. Um, did I get her confused with Amy Adams very easily? Really? Yeah. Similar names. It's not that they look like it's similar names. Um, when she finds Rachel McAdams making out with the guy who looks like Brandon Routh, um, that originally, like, in the It script, was a little bit, supposed to be a little bit more than making out. Well, apparently she was making out with his penis. Exactly. So, uh, same with the girl who was uh, uh, making out with the made hot dog. Out. We all know what made out with a hot dog means, okay? Well, it was actually masturbated. Yes, like I said, we all know what made out with a hot dog means. Strangle baited with a hot dog. Aww. Aww. I made it weird. Also sad. Anyway, um, I would say really the my favorite part of the film was A, when they run to Tina Fey in the mall. And Lizzie Kaplan has that great line with, I love running into teachers outside of school. It's like seeing a dog walk on its hind legs. I love the random joke she has in there. No, I'm just here with my, my boyfriend. boyfriend. And all it's of like them, the old biker. All of them take it at face value. And she goes, yeah, I'm just working at like J.P. Shenanigans or whatever the fuck like it's, it's TJ like, Fridays it's like, was. It's like J.P. Calamity or something. That's yeah. actually. Um, I liked that. They're marijuana pills. <laughs> Sorry. Anytime Amanda Seyfried talked, I was immediately oh, enamored. She's so funny in that because she's so vacant and she's not in real life at all. Like she's no done some great, very, very deep, well nuanced roles, and it's just that. Wait, if you're born in Africa, how what? come you're white? You just can't ask. Oh people. my God, you can't ask people why they're white. No, no, it was here are the two that really. Uh, uh, crystallized it for me. There's a seventy percent chance it's already raining. You guys can't see me feeling my boobs when I that say was, that. That was yep. That was one of them. And I can tell if it's gonna rain. My boobs can tell when it's gonna rain. Really? Well, they can tell if it's raining. It's a thirty percent chance it's raining. Yeah. And then two, when she goes, "You're not dumb," and she goes, "No, I am." I'm kind of dumb. I'm flunking almost every one of my classes. Like every time she talked, I was like, "I'm in." And her reaction, her reaction to the four-way phone call, which is like, "Boo, you whore!" And you just see like that fucking look of shock on her face that Rachel McAdams has actually called her a whore. Yeah. And you're just like, ah, ah, yeah. 
like I said, you you Fan, fantastic. I, I mean, I really did. I I liked it. It didn't get moved over to the external drive. It's not. Gonna no, be... no. It's one of those that I watch about every six or seven years. And yeah, there's okay. a few things that in my vernacular, the boo you whore and the stop trying to make fetch work. It's it's slang. You know, Lacey from France. Chabert? Is that her name? I don't know. Gretchen Wieners? Who's really but, black and Jewish. I, I didn't quite catch that. But, uh... Oh I my get, god, look at Gretchen's gym clothes. What does it look like? Oh, in the beginning, they have, of course, all the plastics have gym together, and they have Gretchen's gym clothes, which are basically like a half shirt and a pretend pair of shorts, but really it's underwear. The, yeah, the... It's when they cut the, the hole out of the uh, the shirt, and then everyone starts wearing their fucking oh, yeah, tits hanging out. Well, that's Rachel McAdams, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I liked I liked Gretchen Wiener's uh, breakdown of uh, Julius Caesar. Brutus is fuck. just as cute as going to say. Brutus is just, just, is as, just as cute, cute and just, just as, as smart. smart. No, I was going to say, just as smart as Caesar. Why should everybody like Caesar so much? We should just kill Caesar! Caesar. Yeah. Like Gretchen Wieners has cracked. She just she cracked had, again. She just had a mental breakdown. It was beautiful. Just, but the, the fact that she was doing it during oral report about Brutus and Caesar. Totally, yeah. yeah. I like that, that Gretchen Wieners had cracked. Say crack one more time. Crack! Crack! I don't know. They were just talking to me about crack. <laughs> the gay best friend was always really funny. I mean, you know, for that stereotype. Uh, please tell me you didn't love the scene after the Halloween party where she comes in in that scary costume while they're watching a scary movie and scares the shit out the of them. The bride with the, the back. She was like backlit as she comes in the door. They're like, ah! Yeah. And she's, let's, she's a life ruiner, Doug. <laughs> and let's real quick talk about, speaking of being having your life ruined Lindsay Lohan I don't want to get into the whole thing she was super cute in this movie did she have a face? I don't know I was looking at her chest the whole time oh yeah they played up her boobs a lot they played up her boobs a great deal but I mean she does have kind of big boobs so she's a redhead you know my proclivity for redheads but like I said no she was super Lindsay Lohan I can save you no you can't you don't have enough money Maybe you need, like, an Aladdin. You need a street urchin. If you start singing, so help me God. Well, you never had a friend like me. Thank God, I thought you were going to do a whole new world. Fuck, now I want to. So, season five of The League finally came out on, oh, excuse me, Netflix. Mm -hmm. And DVD. And The Divid. Yes, Mm -hmm. I was going to say Mm-hmm. I am always surprised at how many different weird, clever little jokes they get into the league. Like, they are just literally horrible people. Yeah. Kevin stole his AIDS cocktail and took it because he thought it was going to make him better at fantasy football. I forgot about the season opener. That's in the season. Because he finally meet yeah, the... Yeah, he meets uh, Ted. Mm-hmm. And Ted, I was going to say, Ted's living out in L.A. Mm-hmm. I was going to say it has the AIDS. Mm-hmm. But he totally, it's just like I said, Kevin's Which means he like, has assistance, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Kevin's like, I've got it. He doesn't pay attention for years, then he starts taking these and gets good at football. And so he steals his, wet, well, I think it was his Wednesday his, AIDS cocktail. Yeah. And takes it, and totally, he can't fucking handle it. He well, he pulls out, what is it? What's, what's Yobagaya. The, Yobagaya. In the ocean. The ocean. What is mm-hmm. it? Pacific Ocean, forever unclean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, 
Yeah, everything. There really are just horrible people. When they took the Ruxin Sacco in bed with baby Jeffrey. Horrible. Forever unclean. Like I said, horrible people. And it's, don't get me wrong, I love it. The one where they think the baby's peeing on the lawn? Is that on that season? That is on that season. They don't think the baby's peeing on the lawn. They think it's all of the puppies that Taco has in his heavy petting, uh, petting zoo. Right. It's, like I said, it ends up being baby Jeffrey that's peeing on the lawn. It's, yeah, no, that's also the one where Andre has the heavy petting child molester van after he's gotten in a fight with, uh, Ellie. And tries to give her a ride home after Taco has abandoned her at the and restaurant. And he's like, come on, get in the car, I've got candy. Like I said, I've got candy, it's games, we'll have a good time, it'll be like our special thing. It totally ends up getting molested. I was yeah. going to say getting arrested as a child molester. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. I can't remember why Ellie's wandering around on Taco her took her to lunch and then had to go somewhere and left her and oh, gave her right. a compass to get home. It's like Jack Sparrow. It's also had the season or the episode where uh, Taco gets sober. And they have to re they have to rehire him. They have to yeah. Oh god, the conversation he's having with the girl about how he likes talking with people who don't have TVs about other people who have TVs. TVs, yeah. It's just like the most pretentious assholey thing you've ever heard in your and then he goes, fucking life. I don't like this. Like it's almost as bad as the Creerston conversation. The which uh, one? the Creerston character in the last uh, season of How I Met Your Second to Last Season of How I Met Your Mother. Where that Barney and Robin are having a dinner and they meet their arch nemesis and one of the girls named Creerston and they're like literally the most irritating, pretentious people you've ever heard of your entire life. The, the restaurant scene yeah, where they... The, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody pronounces it wrong. The R is after the I. Kirsten and before the other R. It's pronounced Creerston. Yeah. You, you don't... Oh, I can't believe you don't like other guys. Where they go in to talk to uh, Will Ferrell's ex-girlfriend, who I can't remember who it's played by, but the it's, new it's, husband it's, is Brett Gelman. And her name is Christina. And he goes, oh, and... <laughs> Wait, and, and, Will Ferrell's ex-girlfriend? Don't you mean, uh... I Mark mean, Wahlberg's ex-girlfriend? No. No, it's Will Ferrell's ex-girlfriend. In the movie. The tall blonde that he leaves a voicemail. Oh, with. yeah, yeah. And her name's Christina, and then uh, Mark Wahlberg calls her, like, Christina, and Brett Gelman flips the fuck out, and he goes, It's Christina! You come into my home, you get my wife's name right! I hate that fucking movie. Yeah, Brett Gelman's so good. And what is it, Rob Riggle's on this? I mean... Actually, uh... That's a spite shit. <laughs> Michael Keaton's good in that movie. He keeps making the DLC references. Yeah. And Will Ferrell's like... You're not... Seriously, you're not doing this on you're, purpose? You're not, he's like, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what you're talking about. If you go in, you gotta creep. You don't want no creep, scrubs. Creep, Yeah, we don't want no scrubs. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Seriously, you're just doing this on purpose. Okay, so... Can we talk about Fallen Skies? Or can you talk about Fallen Skies? Apparently I'm the only one that watches it. I'm sorry, which is good stupid. that It's... You know, it was sold to me as Walking Dead with Aliens, which... It kind of is. The first season is. The first season is. What? Can I have a happy? Yeah. Um, oh, that's going to sound terrible. The first season is... So, five dollars of quarters? <laughs> that's only funny to us. What 
changed from it being Walking Dead with aliens between the first and the second season. No one fucking dies. Really? That's Dude, every different. time you think someone's... And the people that die, you're like, you don't even give a shit about. But I mean, that's one of the things like that Karen keeps you hooked Or into. Weaver's daughter. Like, who gives a shit? Like I said, that's one of the things that keeps you hooked into Walking Dead, is that nobody is fucking safe. Well... They'll kill fucking... Well, except for Rick. And Daryl. Dude, you can't kill Daryl. It'd be a coup. It would be a great coup. However, you'd lose your female audience. And Done. Part, out. And, and part of your male. Well, you know what? Come on, Daryl. Daryl's a... He's done a Lady Gaga video, and he's still a badass. And he's gonna be in the... What is it? The Silent Hill reboots? Okay, so here's the thing about the Silent Hill movie. The first one. I, I never saw... Did they make a second one? They made, like, three four. I saw the first one. It was actually a really good film based off of a video game. They did the best they could with what they had to work with. Yeah. That is the That's about the, all the I Resident Evil movies? No. I like the first Resident Evil. I, I just never got around to it. The only reason I watched the Silent Hill movie is because one of my girlfriends and I were drinking and she put it on and we accidentally passed out to it, which is not a good film to pass out to. No, you're streaming people without faces. Now I have a thing about red shoes. <laughs> kidding, kidding. From Showtime? Red Shoe Diaries. Those are not good. It's not a good series. I have to admit, the movie's kind of interesting because, you know, she's kind of struggling with her moral ambiguity and settling into what she thinks she wants as opposed to what is actually happening. But yeah, the series is not good. It's just an excuse for a lot of nudity. And softcore, you never get to see anything. Yeah. And David Duchovny. Okay, we should really... Oh my god, David Duchovny was the last one to read me a story in Tales, was he on that thing? Tales of Drist. Oh, my God. He's the, he was the end story, the last story. Very soothing voice, by the way. I really like David Duchovny reading these stories. Yeah. But like I said, I finished uh, listening Why to them and they're amazing. Why would you cheat on Okay, anyway. Because he's a sex addict. Haven't you seen Californication? Show, not reality. Actually, in real life, yes. Sex addict is not a thing. Shut up, Cyril. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Anyways, go on. Falling Skies! Yay! Fun song. Um. Yeah, so no one fucking dies. Um, the main characters will always survive. They might okay, be... Well, why are you hanging on then? Because... It's what, the end of season the, three? Four. And uh, there's one season left. Oh, they're actually doing a fifth season? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be the last season. Um, it is... I mean, once again, I talk a lot about it whenever it's brought up. Like, Will Patton kills it as Dan Weaver. I mean, the acting is really good. The special effects are all right, weirdly enough, coming from executive producer of Steven Spielberg. He only has so much money. Yeah. Well, and it's TBS. Characters, unwelcome. So, um... They must have spent all that monk money they made. That was USA. Damn it. No. Um, you're gonna have some kind of weird hand slappy blue balls, aren't you? Sorry, my little Oh, that sounds like a really awesome fucking jazz musician. Hand slappy blue balls. Hand bone. Hand boning will save your life someday. I know. Falling skies! I'm gonna spoil the living shit out of this premiere just because I want you, Deb, to hear the immediate thought I had after watching the last episode. I'm never gonna watch it. If I want fucking alien drama, I'll read the Tripod series or listen to World... I was going to say listen to War of the Worlds again. Tripod series was my nickname in high school. 
shot in space and he's in a tilt-a-whirl like Darth Vader yeah like at the end of like a a New Hope where he ends up in like this spinning TIE fighter yeah 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 because I know about and uh I was the one who hit the never mind go ahead so he's in this funny ship and he's being cast out in the space and the Volm are looking for him it's nice that the head Volm of this alien species is played by Doug Jones um what do they look like um, like if you lit a tall ninja turtle on fire. Okay. Like they're all raisiny. Okay. Um, but uh, he's kind of in this uncontrolled, like you know, yeah, like I said, ship in the space. He gets saved. He wakes up in like kind of his pre-alien invasion home. Um, and you realize it's a, he realizes it's a hologram. And he turns around, and you see an alien uh, being mm-hmm. out of focus. Very, very Vaseline um, lens. We call that the Civil Shepherd lens. Yeah, I know. Um, it's a family guy. Good, good pull. And um, he goes, it literally ends with, oh my god, you're beautiful. Stop. I mean, that's literally where it stops. What was your first thought? My first thought would have been, fuck you. It was dangerously close. It was, oh my god, if his dead wife was an alien, I'm gonna be pissed. Oh, that's terrible. God, I hope his dead wife isn't an alien. That would have been a big fuck you. And not even a, like, fuck dose. Like, a fuck you. Straight up. Like, and you take that middle finger and you, you just he's jam like, it. You like, have to do the big up gesture with it. Like, but not, it doesn't even go up your butthole. It, like, goes in the urethra. Like, you're just oh, like, god. I'm gonna fucking <sighs> flip off your dick. Like... Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So of course I will watch it because it's well, the last season. It's and the last season, you need the it's it's pleasure. like I talked about with True Blood, where it's like you know what I've watched it since day one, episode one. You know me, I'm a completist. I like to have. You have any idea how long it took me to stop reading a series because I was a completist? But I just had to slog through one of the. God, she's written like five since then, but I had to stop reading because it took me like a week to slog through this book. Anita Blake. Yes. Without even saying it, I knew. I'm just like I. It's when it be- she became a whore. Like I said, that it turned. I'm slogging through this book, and I'm like, "Fuck!" Actually, that was not the problem. The problem I had is the books all became about talking and sex. For one of the reasons that I liked her books in the first place is because they had good action. Like they had good fight scenes and good hut scenes and good reveals on who Did the you villain. Say hut was. scenes. Hunt. Scenes. Like I said, good reveals on who the villain was, and then all of her books now are like negotiation and feelings and doing it. Which two of those things don't go together? Which two? I'm not gonna say. One of these things is not like the other. So one. it's been recommended one to me. One of these kids is dead. <laughs> it's been recommended to me for a while, but I finally got around to watching the Netflix original BoJack Horseman. I made you watch a little bit of it. It's awesome. I'm looking forward to actually... There's only 11 episodes, but they are fucking hilarious. And I mean, even if, like, 
it's just a random plot twist that he happens to be a horse, and it's a world where, you know, creatures are also people. Right. And there's regular people, too. Well, it's a great the bunny book. Yeah, but it's it's washed-up 90s sitcom star that has nothing good going on in his life trying to write a book to get money. It's as I said, and I think you might agree with me or, or disagree okay. with me, where I said, it's like if Bob Saget was a horse. Pretty much. Um, am I allowed to do spoilers on the series or no? Oh, I already did with uh, Fallen Sky, so No, I mean, to you. Uh, no. No spoilers? No. Okay. There are a lot of plot points in there that are just, like, almost uncomfortable to deal with in the most hilarious fucking way possible. They have so much talent on their voice acting cast. It that is I agree ridiculous. With. Fucking ridiculous. I'm just glad Amy Sedaris has given work again since Strangers with Oh, Casey. no, she's actually done a lot of stuff. She's written a few books, I was going to say, and she's uh, done well, some commercials. She doesn't have anyone in the... Does she know anyone in the literary arena? You mean, like, her brother? That was the... I was being facetious. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. But yeah, she's written a few books. And like Wait, I said, she's so Amy Sedaris and David Sedaris are related? I love his stories about her. But it's her. such a common last name. Like I said, I love his stories about her as a kid, where he's talking about how she always just wanted to play characters and be somebody else. And she's talking about her pretending to be an acquaintance of the family who owned an art gallery, calling up their father, doing her voice and her mannerisms spot on, and coming on to their father as a joke. And her father completely buying that it was her, and trying to set up this woman with a bunch of different men, and Amy Sedaris not admitting to it for years. Wow, really? Yeah. One of my favorite things, which she's, she's always just wanted to be somebody else, and she's talking about wanting to get a fat suit, but she could only afford the bottom half. So she comes home for a family visit just wearing the bottom half of the fat suit. Her dad doesn't realize it's not real, and like totally almost loses it. And so she's totally fucking with him and like eating mayonnaise from the jar and dicking with him. Wow. Yeah, no. His stories about her are awesome. I love Shinjo's candy. Or you're gonna love Bojack Horseman. Okay. And Patton Oswald is the penguin from Penguin Publishing. Publishing, yeah, no, I, I, I caught that. Yeah. So, now that apparently all of the legends are dying, Joan Rivers has passed away. Does she restart the rule of three, is the question? Well, technically, yes. But like I said, I hope to God somebody's watching Bill Murray. And David Bowie, the other immortals. Oh, he's there can be only one death. <laughs> oh my god, now I'm imagining her and Bill Murray fighting it out with swords. Who's she? Joan Rivers. She's dead. Yeah, Bill Murray won. What if it wasn't a heart attack? <laughs> what if it was the quickening? <laughs> I know everything! Is this really how Highlander ends? Yeah, actually. <laughs> Thanks, Venture Brothers, but yeah. Oh god, I totally forgot that joke. So... Sorry, John Rivers. Talk about another comedic giant who's left us. The um, unabashed insult queen. No, that'd be Don Rickles. Didn't. Um, she'd like that joke. Fuck off. She'd love that joke. Um, I had a coworker who was like, Oh, John Rivers died, and I said, Yeah, well, you know, she was old. And she goes, well, how old was she? I went, well, depends on what part of her. What are you talking about? She would have laughed her ass off. Yeah, she would have. Because I said, 
she was 81, but her face was 44. Um, because if you look at pictures of her, those are not the tits of an 81-year-old. By no, any... no, I was going to say, she's been very open about all the work she Absolutely. had done. It wasn't a secret. She actually did a cameo, actually a few cameos on Nip Tuck, which were hilarious. Oh, yeah. She came in and she's like, I want to be all natural again. And they figured out what she'd actually look like, and she's like, nope. Um, Joan Rivers' impact. Um, I, I, I want to talk about this seriously. Uh, for female comedians, breaking out of the doors, the walls, co-hosting, uh, or, or I'm sorry, uh, guest hosting, when Johnny Carson took vacations. I well, mean, that was huge. Well, she also had her own late night. It didn't go for very long. But she had no, her, it didn't. Like I said, she had her own late night. It actually kind of sucks that there's still, especially since Chelsea has ended, no, or I was going to say, woman really doing late there's, night. And there's no major network network woman doing late night. It there's, It's still a stigma, it's, and it's bullshit. Um, it's just funny, you should tailor it to your late night. But the red carpet oh, yeah. was nothing, nothing, until Joan Rivers took over can we talk? Who are you wearing? Um, the snarky comment, and then she okay, brought her I'm idiot sorry. child, Melissa, with her. I still love fashion police. Why? Because if somebody's wearing something stupid, we should mock them for it. Oh, good. I'm just... No, you're well, fine. Well, my balls are wearing hole in my fucking jeans, but I have ball holes. But that's it, Kim. Dot Matrix from Spaceballs? Oh, God. She was so funny to stop Matrix and Spaceballs. She doesn't look Druish. Um, Druish princess. And I don't know if you've ever seen her Comedy Central roast. Oh yeah, her roast was great. I loved it when she slapped Kathy Griffin and goes, that's for hosting this! And then slaps her again and goes, and that's for taking my gaze. Like, even at... That had to have been like 10 years ago, if not a little less. She was in her 70s, still sharp, still fucking hilarious. You know, and I actually... So funny. I have a lot of respect for her, because, I mean, she lost a beloved husband to suicide. Well, and she and Melissa kind of, you know... They like, made their own team. Like absolutely. Said, you would be against the world. But yeah, it's just... Uh, I mean, you, you've listened to her uh, episode of The Nerdist. Oh, it's genius. Like I said, still so nice. Really wanting to hear everybody else's ideas, wanting to hear about their business, and but then she's still sharp, about, still funny. But it's really funny. She's like, she, she's like, I still have the thought in my head where if I can't find work, I'm gonna split up my New York apartment and start renting it out. And you're like, well, there's a survival instinct there. Yeah, didn't do her very well in life support, but yeah. You can only, you know, do so much with a heart. Well, the valves were forty-four. <laughs> the valves were forty-four. What's that joke? Was the he was eighty five. His toupee was forty four. Uh, that was uh, basketball. Yes, you're right. It was basketball. It was the it was uh, Ernest, Ernest Borgnine joking on a hot dog joke. Wow, we made a lot of basketball. Can someone get this Ernest man a hot dog? We don't serve them after the seventh inning. He goes. Ah, ah, ah. We had a lot of basketball references. Not on this episode. Just in general. Legend of Seeger. I started watching on recommendation. Um, I liked it. I just didn't draw me in. After, like, the first five episodes, Bruce, I was like, uh, Bruce Spence as the wizard, as Zed, yeah, is the so reason to watch it. Zed. Which, weirdly enough, I had a, what you will call, Veronica Mars moment, where, quote, shit it got, got real. Um, I don't know if Alicia listens to the show. She does Probably not. not. Yeah, not a shock. Um, 
Uh, it was when Zed gets confessed, which is being put under the control of this woman who's kind of a mother superior of magical women. Which is great, because now I'm singing How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria in my head. I don't know what that means. It's a, never mind, it's the sound of music. Okay. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Puppies and strudel, but, you know, not in the same thing. It'd be puppy strudel. Snitzels with noodle? You got that question right. No, we did. No, sorry, continue. I, ki- I killed last week, though, by the way. Or this week. Except for that one question, which I made up for. Legend of Seeker. I like it. You're going to watch all of it. It's only two seasons. It's only two seasons. Um, they're fucking long-ass seasons, so. Uh, Did that the, even air anywhere, or was that just Hulu? N- no, it was, like, co-produced between Disney and ABC. I don't even remember that airing. I think it was, like, on the ABC Family or okay, something. Okay, that would make sense if it was on ABC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's, like, almost no blood. Um, I, I don't like the Zack Snyder-esque, like, 300 slow-mo action scenes. I think it's a little... Like I said, we had this conversation Ridiculous. over the phone. It did remind me of watching Xena, Warrior Princess. Well, we talked about the, comparing it to Hercules and Xena, and I, I, I think it's got the action of Hercules, but without the kind of... The humor. The humor of Xena, which Xena did have. Xena had a lot of humor. Um, Have you ever watched Hamlet Part 2? Yeah. The part where he's showing his acting reel. He was the guy on Xena, and she skewers him with the unicorn horn. No, I haven't seen that one. Oh, I mean, I... It's, like I said, it's at the very beginning where the lead character is, he's showing his acting Steve reel. Coogan. Yeah, Steve Coogan showing his acting reel. And one of the scenes was he was some soldier fighting Xena, and she, like, cuts some rope that releases a unicorn, a wooden unicorn on wheels, and the horn goes, like, up his butt and makes the face. That's just very Xena-esque humor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way... You notice the new Wonder Woman costume looks a lot like the Xena costume, right? Dude, okay, fuck off, because A, Wonder Woman has been around since before Xena, therefore, like, Warrior Princess, that archetype has been around before Xena. Yes, I'm sure Wonder Woman needed to wear a black metal and leather corset. It's not black. What color is it, Doug? Which part of it? The skirt? The top part. It's red. The bustier. Red and gold. Is it? Uh-huh. It looked dark in the picture. Well, maybe how it's shot. It might be a maroon as opposed to, like, a bright red, like a primary red. But it's maroon and, and gold. Mm. Is that fucking Wonder Woman? That's Batman. Sorry. With my dick. Just because. Just because. Uh, you want to talk Batman. about the Doctor? Let's talk about this new season of Doctor Who. Because I get to talk about Doctor Who as much as I want because I've already caught up. Um, as per your rule. Interestingly enough, I watched uh, the second episode of the eighth season, which is the second episode of Capaldi, um, Into the Dalek. They literally get shrunk and put in a Dalek, all of Inner Space, or a Fantastic Voyage. I'm like, we're going to go Inner Space, not Fantastic Voyage? Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Check. Hutter. Anyway, um, it starts freaking out that, like, uh, 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 what is it, the laser scanner on the, at the Safeway he works at? She pulls out the gun that's a lighter. Oh, I love it. Okay, we're not talking about inner space, we're talking about... So they get shrunk down, put into a Dalek. Uh, the, the Dalek basically has radiation damage inside of it, and it's trying to get into a good Dalek. Oh, okay. 
So the doctor's he won't like, kill anybody with the whisk or the plunger. <laughs> well, then he's like, he's the dog's like, I have seen this star, you know, like been born and you know life returns and doll like you know etiquette is ridiculous. Um, so the doctor goes in, repairs the damage. Turns out the radiation was what was making him a good doll. Like. He flips the fuck out. They uh, end up like rebooting his memory light slot. Kind of looks like what Michael Jackson danced on in um, uh, Norm, uh, not Norma Jean, uh, Billy Jean. Okay. Um, <laughs> the light up disco uh, Yeah. And uh, and there's this great line where the doctor is talking to this Dalek and goes, "I thought you were a good Dalek," and the Dalek goes, "No, Doctor." You're a good Dalek. This mirrors, and we talked about this a little bit off air because I wanted to give you a bit of context. In 2005, when you have the ninth Doctor with Chris Eccleston, where the Dalek says, "Like you're just like us. Mm-hmm. I see the hate in you. You are, you are a Dalek." Yeah. Not a lot of people I've talked to that have, that watch who kind of put that together. Where I went, um, that's kind of a a a callback to. The, yeah, the Ninth Doctor. But that, once again, like, even with Gallifrey being saved, that he still has that undying hatred for a Dalek. Yeah. And that they are both, basically they're both races driven by pride and hate. They really are. Hmm. Also, um, I don't know about the continuity, and I don't know if you can tell me no, this. Which, not. Yeah, you cannot. That at, in the name of the doctor, that they put Gallifrey into the weird like pocket dimension, which just makes si- a big city in a bottle. But anyways, yes, well, absolutely, it does. And then all the Daleks destroy themselves because now Gallifrey's gone, uh, literally, like in the middle of a crossfire. Mm-hmm. So the Daleks destroy themselves. Where the fuck do these Daleks keep coming from? It's like every time they fucking all kill themselves. Well, it's the same thing with the master. Yeah, but the master regenerates. He yes. has ways of coming back, and I really would like to see. I'd like to see the master come back, but you know what? I don't want to see him fight Capaldi. Because. I don't know. Just the whole master tenant. The what? What? I can't remember his name off the top of my head that played uh, the master. Um, so. Masterfully, sorry for the pun. Uh, so well against Tenet. Yeah, the dynamic between the two. Yeah, it was just. It'd be very hard to try and even think. To replicate yeah. that. Yeah. Because um, I can't think of anyone who would go up against uh, uh, Matt Smith as as the master. Because let's so all ignore, by the way, that Eric Roberts played the master. Let that sink in. That was on the Doctor Who movie with the 8th Doctor, Peter, Peter McGann, where it was hypothesized that he may have been part human. What? No. Yeah, welcome to them rebooting... Uh, well, like I said, it was hypothesized. But professor, professor Space Time, or whatever the fuck that was. Luke Perry? Like I said, Luke Perry and Jennifer Garth. But that was... It was... Kind of a, a slight... Oh, speaking of which, uh, Harmontown, the documentary, comes out October 9th on VOD. Same name as his podcast. No, thir- uh, yeah. Interesting. 
I'm sorry, November 3rd. November 3rd. On Netflix? Ah, sure. Let's hope. I know it's selected theaters and VOD. Apparently it covers a lot of... Um, the community shenanigans? Yeah, we'll just go with that with Chevy Chase and alcoholism. Is alcoholism? Dan Harmon's? Yes. Yeah, apparently at one point he's on the stage just swigging out of a bottle of moonshine. Well, I'm pretty sure that's why they were like, yeah, you need to go over here for a while. As long as he's a high-functioning alcoholic, I got no problem with it. How do we know he was high-functioning? He's a showrunner? <sighs> internet told me we're... Uh, t- internet told me I'm wrong. What are uh, our corrections How is that? Week? I am mumbling. Mumbler! Um... Long bad. The long bad night was the Sin City two segment with um, I said Neil Patrick Harris. Who's the other guy? Three names: Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I, okay. Uh, no, like I said, I just got to continue. Sorry, you're doing some kind of weird like. Hey. <laughs> they weren't quite finger guns, but they were almost finger guns. Um, Clive Owen. It was really busy on the Nick, which is I think a. I want to say, I can't remember, I think it was a Showtime, but it's directed by, uh, the whole series is directed by Steven Soderbergh, so can't really blame him on that That's one. like Clive Owen, yeah, because I've totally heard of that series, ever. That premiered about the same time G&O did, and we're watching that instead of The Nick. G&O? Garfunkel next? Oh, duh. I'm sorry, Garfinger and Butts? <laughs> like I said, yes, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm always going to write... Garfunkel will know it's over Clive Owen. So. And, yes, the doctor does indeed hate pears. I told you the doctor hated pears. That was a different fruit. Never let me eat a pear. If I wake up and I taste pears. <laughs> uh, so, mistakes I made this week. It has been talked about... That's one of my favorite two-parters. Yeah, because it's a great one. Yeah. I was going to say, it's been talked about that I have a llama problem. Which actually got worse this week. I now have nine of them. What? I have a llama problem. I do have a llama problem. Do you a see llama the, problem? Llama problem. Do you see the pile over there? So. When you're in trouble, you don't need blah blah blah. You need blah blah blah. blah, blah, blah. blah. You need a llama problem. All I can think is you need blah blah blah. As blah blah, or blah 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 drops a law bomb. He's not specialized in maritime law though. Sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. We gotta no, move on. Michael is. You're a hook, Captain Cook. Hope they throw the book. You realize you said you're a hook, Captain Cook? No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. Well, I'm I'm saying no, I didn't realize. Okay. So, to try and circumvent this problem, the non-turners started getting me tigers. To eat the llamas. Yeah, pretty much. Hmm? It's under a pile of llamas over there right now. So... Most of the llamas have won. At this point, he's outnumbered one to nine. One to nine?! got nine llamas and only one tiger. But a oh bitch my. ain't one of them. <laughs> oh my. I got 99 llamas, but a tiger ain't one of them. Well, it is now. <laughs> I'm cracking myself up. It was a dumb joke. So I woke up one morning last week, and I couldn't find the fucking tiger. But I'm like, okay, well, here's the, the two... The cat has mated with it. Here's the two things that could have happened. Oh, Lord. And one is a lot more disturbing than the other. One, the cat's dragged it somewhere. Or two, someone came into my apartment and only stole a tiger. 
Really, the cat's stealing the tiger and having sex with it is not... Well, okay, yeah. That's way less disturbing than somebody, A, being having access to my apartment, and B, only stealing a fucking tiger. So I looked... Oh, the Maltese tiger. Maltese tiger. I looked freaking everywhere for this tiger. It was like the goddamn remote control, and uh. I couldn't find the fucking thing. I mentioned to the non-tour, and I can't find it, and he says, Well, if you look behind the love seat... Fucking tiger's behind the goddamn love seat. Maybe it's like Toy Story was trying to escape. Actually, I'm pretty sure it was one of the cats, but yeah. Any mistakes you make this week? Nope. You didn't make any mistakes at all this week. All right, well, I... You didn't go me into this, I just remembered. I may have been a bit prideful uh, in one of my answers to this week's trivia questions. Oh, I totally forgot about that, but yes, yes. Oh, I've been beating myself up. Oh, please. You did fine. I might have mistaken... In a rush, Edge of Tomorrow for Edge of Darkness. You know, that movie from 2010 with Mel Gibson that no one saw. <laughs> I made it a point to make up for such hubris. Hubris? Hubris. No. What did I say? Hubris. It's hubris. It's, it's, just when, it's when you have a car full of pride show up to drive you home. Hubris. Nice. Thank you. Because the liftist doesn't work. I'll go take a nice ride in my Uberu. My Uberu Uberu back. <laughs> anyway, sorry. You made up for it. I really, I want this on record. I was on fire that night. No, you did very I was, well. Outside of that one, I was like, fuck it. We really could have used Tony for frigate, but yeah. Michael. Actually, Tony would have gotten it too, but Michael would have been better. I don't know. I like Flogger of Darkness. <laughs> Hey, if you can't have a right answer, you might as well have a funny answer. Dude, yeah, just go with it. Um, so that was my big mistake. I came up with eight shit on Edge of Tomorrow, Dude, which I really liked. Brain fart. Like total brain fart. Like when they put up the answer, I looked at you, gar- you girls. No, I was, and I was, like, I was still in the kitchen I, for that. And I was like, it wasn't me. yeah. And they were like, you wrote darkness, and I'm like, no. Fuck. Like, it was one of those, like, no, I didn't. Oh, yeah, I totally did. Why would I write Edge of Darkness? And then he goes, well, if it's not a movie, I'm like, yeah, you're thinking of Heart of Darkness. Because no one remembers Edge of Darkness. I didn't even know that was a thing until we had this conversation. Not this conversation, but the conversation about it. Uh, It was a movie that he put out that was, like, an action movie before The Beaver. Sorry. I'm sorry. We should probably just move on. I'm sorry, should I have phrased it as Jodie Foster's beaver? Jodie Foster's the beaver. It's not as funny to put the there. But that's the title. You can't take no, it's it. not like National Lampoon's whatever. Social contract asshole. So... You know when you're waking up in the morning and you're not quite awake and you're not quite asleep and, you know, sleep is that water lapping up from the beach, touching your ankles, and it's slowly receding. Like Jodie Foster's beaver. Anyways, and you start hearing noises and you can't quite identify what the noises are as Doug is listening to my neighbors run water and making hilarious faces. 
and you think, what's that weird animal or that strange bird making a noise outside? And then suddenly sleep fully recedes from you, and you realize it's your upstairs neighbors having sex. And all you can think is, hurry up and finish so I can go back to sleep. Yeah, what, what I imagine is one of them is thinking. I thought my upstairs neighbor was a dude. I don't think it's a dude anymore. I think it's a girl. Because whenever... She's slutty. No, actually, I think it's the same guy. Because the only time I can ever hear his heavy-ass footsteps, because I think he's fat, is after they wake me up having sex. So I think he's only over every once in a while when she loses self-respect. She cute? I have no idea. I literally have no idea what she looks like. Like I said, I thought my upstairs neighbor was a guy. guy. Because I rarely hear them. They're much... They're phenomenal neighbors compared to the last guy. Like, absolutely phenomenal neighbors compared to the last guy. But it was just one of those moments where I was waking up this morning and I actually thought it was just like some weird bird chirping outside. Nope. Nope. It's her coming. Nope. Squeak of the bed frame. Oh. Squeak of the bed frame. I did end up hearing them later on, but it was just one of those where I could think was hurry up and finish so I can go back to sleep. Hmm? Hurry up and finish. We need ice. (laughs) Come already. We need ice. I think that's an excellent place to end this. This has been a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. For more information, visit www.bacnpodcast.com. Your home for almost bacon and banjo!